John chapter number 6 this morning, John chapter number 6, and it certainly makes a difference knowing the Lord is with you and uh, knowing we're with Him. And in John chapter number 6, we look forward to what God has this morning. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, week number 4, uh, lesson number 4, sermon number 4 uh, from this passage of Scripture, and I think it has been appropriate with this series with uh, what we are dealing with as far as stewardship and Sunday school. Uh, but also uh, with our God With Us campaign. And I trust that this morning you'll give me your attention uh, so that the uh, Word of God can uh, speak to us, the Spirit of God can work in our heart this morning. We'll read the same passage we've been reading every, every Sunday morning, John 6. We can read with verse number 5, and we'll read down through verse number 14. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given things, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Here's the account in John chapter number 6 of the miracle that's referred to as the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. What an amazing story, an amazing account of the greatness of God. You know, we, we've read now four Sundays in a row, for those of you who have been able to be here, how God took five loaves and two fishes, and He blessed it, multiplied it, and fed more than 5,000 to the point where they were full, which it's hard to get a bunch of Baptists full. That's just a whole other thing. But, uh, they were full, and they were gathered up more than they had to begin with. But I just had this thought, that's a great miracle. But do you realize that you're a miracle. And if you're saved this morning, God did something bigger than take five loaves and two fishes and change it. You and I, because of sin, we deserve to pay for our own sins in hell. Because of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we have salvation. We have forgiveness. We have looked at this passage of Scripture in we looked in verse number 5 at the phrase, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes. If you think back a few weeks, we looked at seeing things the way God sees them. Then week number 2, we looked at verse number 6, for he himself knew what he would do. And I want to remind you that when Jesus saw that multitude, he already knew what was going to take place. He already knew what, what would be done. And I want to remind us today that God knows who's sitting here. God knows the needs. God already knows what He's going to do with this service today. 
Last Sunday, we looked into verse number 9, that last phrase, but what are they among so many? And we were reminded that sometimes we feel like we don't have enough. We don't have enough to give God. We don't have enough to make a difference. And we were reminded from this story how with whatever we have, if we give it to Him, uh, it's enough. I want us this morning to look at that same verse, verse number 9. And for our text, I want us to look at the first phrase. There is a lad here. There is a lad here. Jesus, of course, is the main character of this story and every story. Jesus, of course, is the focus. But let's not lose sight of a little lad that just happened to be there. This morning, I want to preach on this subject, the unknown, unassuming, and unsung little lad. The unknown, the unassuming, and the unsung little lad. Father, I pray that you would use the time we have. May what is said honor you. Father, may we be reminded of your greatness this morning. May we be reminded of how you are a God that can take something small and use it to do great things. Father, may this morning, as we put our focus on you, uh, may if there be one here or one listening this morning uh, by radio or watching by live stream who uh, does not have their salvation settled, may today, may they get their salvation settled. May they depend on the the shed blood of your Son. Father, I pray that uh, through the message this morning, we would get a sense of what you could do with us. I pray that you would help us today, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We have an interesting story, and we've spent several weeks now. But of course, we know that Jesus sees this great crowd. And He saw them for who they were. He saw their needs. He knew all their names. He knew the burdens they had. But He realized that because of the distance that they had traveled, they, there was no market for them to buy any food. They, they, they heard that Jesus was close by and Literally, the multitude stopped what they were doing, and they left to go get a glimpse of Jesus. He was aware of their physical needs. And let me, let me just mention this morning in passing, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with today, God knows all about it. He's aware of it. Man may have forgotten you. You may think this world has forgotten you, but God has not forgotten you. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that while we, man sometimes thinks about God and sometimes thinks about other things, what God thinks about is us. God has you on His mind this morning. We have this story when Jesus saw the multitude. He realized their need, and we spent a little bit of time on this. He says unto Philip, uh, why Philip? I'm not sure. Maybe he was just the closest to the Lord. He says, Philip, uh, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And of course, Philip goes into panic mode. And before you judge him, you would have too. Oh no, the Lord has just delegated to me to feed all of these people. Lord, it'll take more than <coughs> 200 pennies worth of money to buy the bread for these people. More than a year's wage to feed everybody here. And that's just if they have a little bit. But of course, we know that the Lord knew what he was going to do. As we look at the disciples that were there, our attention in verse number 
5, 6, and 7 on Philip now goes to another disciple, Andrew. Andrew begins to go search in the crowd. Uh, Philip was the, he was the one who could tell you why we couldn't solve the problem. At least Andrew was like, I got to at least go confirm that we can't solve this problem. And so he is looking, think about this. There's 5,000 men plus the women and children. And he, had, he went looking and the Bible says that he found a lad. I don't know if that lad was already opening his lunch and, and, and Andrew saw that and said, don't touch that. That Jesus needs that. Or I don't know if he was crying out, does anybody have any food? Anybody have anything they can give? Anybody at all? And that little lad raised his hand and said, I've got something that the Lord could use. But however it took place, Andrew comes and reports to the Lord, I don't have 200 penny worth. I don't have a year's salary. There's a lad here. And I don't know that he said it with all of our, the confidence that all of our problems are solved. I found a lad. I think he was more of a, there's a lad here. And I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but he has five barley loaves and two small fishes. There is a lad here, but little did Andrew know the significance of those words that we read this morning? Well, as I look at this story and we focus on the lad today, there's some observations about the lad by way of introduction I want to make. As I look at the title that I've given this message, The Unknown, The Unassuming, and The Unsung Little Lad, I look at that word unknown. Here is a lad who provided something that was a blessing to thousands of people. And for whatever reason, God has chosen not even to tell us his name. He's just the little lad. We don't know his name. We don't, we, we don't know how old he was. We don't know his background. He is literally unknown. And can I remind all of us today, God is not looking for celebrity Christians. God is not looking for an Instagram following. God is looking for a humble servant of God just to raise their hand and say, I don't know if this is enough, but you can have what I've got. He is literally unknown except for the fact that we know he was there. We see he was unassuming. He had no idea he was going to be used by God to do a miracle. Frank, can I tell you, God is used throughout the centuries, throughout generation to generation. God has used just ordinary people to do extraordinary things and they had no idea that today was the day God was going to use me to do a miracle. He didn't get up that morning and say, Mom, pack me a lunch. Jesus is going to do a miracle with me today. 
He was probably on his way out the door, and mom was saying, you better take something to eat. And made him march back, make sure his, his shirt was tucked in. This was just extra stuff that I find there. Make sure he had his jacket on because the weather might get cold later in the day. But take your lunch. He had no idea that even when he heard Andrew say, anybody got something to eat, say, here's my little lunch. He had no idea that he was going, Jesus was going to do a miracle with him. Hey, think about the day you got saved. You didn't know that your eternity was going to be changed on that day. You didn't know that everything was going to be made new. You didn't know what Jesus was going to do for you on that day, but aren't you glad there is a sovereign God who loves you enough to send a gospel witness to let you know that Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and rose again three days later, and he will save you through his shed blood if you just put your faith in him. You didn't even realize how it would change your life on that day. And since that salvation, how many great works has God done with the unknown and the unassuming? He had no idea he was going to be used by God to do a miracle. Hey, mom, as you rear your children the best you can in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, Hey, Dad, as you go to work this week and you work hard to provide for your family and you do the best you can to make sure your home is Christ-honoring, you don't know the miracle that God's going to raise up in that home. You don't know the miracle that God is going to do. And maybe you have a different story today and, and you're just very unassuming in the fact that, that, I don't even know that, that God, I don't even know why I came to church today. I don't, I don't even know why I'm here today. Or, or I don't even know why I even bothered him. I just saw the crowd go and I just went with the crowd. Little did you know that today was a day that could change your eternity. It could change your life. It could change your outlook. And God can use somebody who has no idea that God could ever use a matter, matter of fact, those are the only people God used. Those that are, I'm here, God, use me today. God's got no use for, for that prideful spirit. He was a very unassuming little lad. And then I see that he was unsung or uncelebrated. This is something that struck me as I've been thinking about this series for some time. He's not celebrated as some in Scripture are celebrated. We don't even know his name. Matter of fact, the lad is less famous than the gift he gave. The five loaves and the two fishes are more famous than this lad. I mean, what is that going to do for your ego? We don't, this isn't, why is this not the miracle of the little lad? It's the miracle of the five loaves and the two fishes. He is uncelebrated. He is unsung. He is just the little lad that we mentioned once in a while That because somebody had to bring the five loaves and the two fishes for Jesus to take, for Jesus to bless, and for Jesus to distribute. He was uncelebrated. He was unsung. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, God is still looking 
for those today who are just willing to say, I don't have much, but what I have, you can have it. Willing to say, I'm, I'm, I'm just, God, I'm just going to do the best I can, and you don't have to be known. You don't have to wake up today and say, today is the day my life is going to be changed. As a matter of fact, God always works the opposite. You have no idea it was your day of salvation. Today, you have no idea that God is going to do something in your heart that he wants to do. And as you just go through life, Jesus is in the business of saying, I'm going to use that little ad. To affect thousands. This is a story where those mighty disciples, and God reveals to us many of their flaws. And thank God He didn't put me in the Bible. He reveals their flaws, but make no mistake, these are great men of faith. These are men in the book of Acts, it is written, they turned the world upside down. They were still just men. And in this story, in this miracle, those greatly used disciples just kind of fade into the background. There is nobody there who comes to the forefront who studied religious education. There's nobody there who was an expert of the law that God used. They may have been in the crowd. But it was just a little lad who we don't even know his name, who's unknown, who his gift is more famous than he is. God used to do a great miracle. I want us to see several things this morning by way of outline when it comes to this unknown, unassuming, unsung, uncelebrated lad. Because I want you and I to be reminded this morning God is still in the business of using those that make themselves available. Can I just say to every parent who's here doing the best they can to rear their children in this world, God still uses ordinary moms and ordinary dads by this world's standard to, to do a great work. Can, can, can I speak to every couple just for a moment? Hey, it, 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 I know sometimes it seems like you can't ever get ahead and you're doing the best you can to serve the Lord. God still uses ordinary people. Every young man and every young lady in, in the congregation this morning, listen very carefully to me. I, I don't know your background. I don't know the mistakes that you may have made, you may not have made. You may wonder if anybody here even knows your name. Let me tell you something, you are the perfect candidate for God to reach into this service this morning, for the Spirit of God to grab a hold of your life, to grab a hold of your heart and say, if you'll just give me what you got, I'll use you beyond what you could ever imagine. If you would just offer to me what I need today, I will take it, I will bless it, I will distribute it, and then there will be those that for generations are affected by one little Lad, let me say first of all this morning, as I see some observations about this lad, this, the lad, number one, was unlikely to be used. By man's standards, he would have been the least likely to be used. Let's not miss this in verse number nine. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves. 
Now, I'll point that out because it's important for us to see that these were not just loaves, that God takes the time to show you and I that these were barley loaves. Why is that important? No, he wasn't on a, 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 an all-week diet. He wasn't, that, that's not what he was. He wasn't staying away from white bread. Barley was a, was a, a food of the poor. Barley was common. You would not have found that with the wealthier. It was something that could be taken and pressed into a cake. It was something that was in, it, it was the filler, if you will. It was something that a poor individual, it was their staple. So we know this young man, while he seemed to be the only one there with a lunch that day, uh, he, by man's standards, he was, he was unlikely to be used. Listen to me this morning. You don't have to have what you think you have to have for God to use you. And this world may look on God's children. This world may look on those of us who are doing our best to serve the Lord and say they don't have much to offer. And might I add, many times the religious elite may look down their noses at individuals and say they're too poor for God to use. They're too unlikely for God to use. They're somebody that God cannot use. And man has a bad habit of trying to decide for God who can and cannot be used. But this little lad reminds me that God can use anybody. This little lad reminds me that God wants to use everybody. This little lad reminds me that while there was a crowd of thousands of people, the Lord Jesus Christ knew what he would do. He'd use a little lad that probably got stepped over in the crowd. Probably got shoved aside. Probably they didn't even refer to him as the little lad in that crowd. It was like, get away from me, kid. He was the most unlikely to be used. Hear what I'm saying this morning. Don't eliminate yourself from being used by God because you only have barley loaves. He only had barley loaves. He had the bread of a poor boy. But on that day, the bread of a poor boy was worth more than a rich man's lunch. Don't eliminate yourself from being used by God because you look at your talent as being just barley loaves. So many Christians, I've had this conversation with them as their pastor. God wants to use you. Oh, don't... Don't, don't sell yourself short. Hey, you, you may not have what it takes by man's standards, but we have a God. We have a God who has a history of taking the, the poor and taking the ordinary and taking the common as barley loaves would have been and using them beyond. Even in the midst of this campaign, 
Don't look at what you may have to offer as little and that which is not much. What you have is exactly what God is looking for. Your life is exactly what God is looking for. Your home is exactly what God is looking for. Don't eliminate yourself. Well, Pastor, I am the least likely to be used by God. And can I tell you this morning, that makes you the most likely to be used by God if you'll just offer yourself to God. Number two, the lad was unaware of how God would use him. We said, number one, the lad was unlikely to be used. Number two, the lad was unaware of how God would use him. This is the case in the life of those that are used by God. There's some of you today that are here and you have no idea what God's trying to do in your life. Whether you're here for the first time or you've been here many times, it's not an accident that you're here. God wants to do something in your heart. He wants to do something in your life. You just came today to get somebody off of your back. Or you just came today because you knew pastor was going to call you if he didn't see you. Maybe you came for the bagels, but that's a whole other story. But whatever you came today, let me tell you something. You may be unaware of it, but God's very aware of what he wants to do in your life. He's very aware of what he wants to do in your heart. So you think about this from the mind of that little lad. There was just some excitement that he was tagging along with. There was a crowd he was following. No doubt he had heard of this one named Jesus, and maybe there was a friend of his, maybe there was somebody in the next village who came and said, Jesus is is close by, he's close enough for us to go, and he was gone and said, everybody else is going, that's where I'm going to be. He just showed up to see and hear Jesus, and he was unaware of how God would use him. Don't, don't, don't discount Sunday school teachers. You stand in that class of that, with those little boys and those little girls in there. You don't know who in there God wants to use. As a matter of fact, He wants to use all of them. Oh, it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility to stand as I am today and preach the Word of God because the world may look at a crowd like this and say, Oh, what, what, what is in there that's of any value? Well, there's value because Jesus died for each and every one of us. But God wants to reach in. He wants to use your life beyond how you can imagine He would use your life. The lad was unaware of how God would use him. Statement number three. The lad was unselfish with what he possessed. Maybe it was because it was just barley loaves. But, you know, those of you that have, those of you moms and even dads that have reared little boys, you know how resourceful they can be. And those of us that have been one at some point, uh, 
Little boys can be pretty resourceful. You know, and I don't know, I just, some of us, some of you, some of us, I don't know, put all of us in that category. If we're the only one, maybe say, let me auction eBay. Let me see how much I can get for this little lunch. Maybe, I don't know, I wonder if there was someone else there who had a lunch. Scripture does not tell us that. But in a crowd that size, the, the statistical fact that there was just one in that size, that it could be, but it could be God did not record that there was others there. But I wonder if there was somebody else there that had a lunch that held on to theirs. He was not unselfish with what he possessed. Let me help the parents. Well, these are my children. Whose children? They're God's children. This is my life. Whose life? It's God's life. This is my money. Whose money? It's God's money. This is my time. Whose time? It's God's time. This is my home. Whose home? It's, it's God's home. You and I need to be reminded that this lad set a great standard for you and I. He was unselfish with what God has given him. Is what you have yours or is what you have God's? It's a good question for all of us to ask and answer truthfully. Well, Sunday's my only day off. Sunday's the Lord's day. Well, there's more than that. What, what, is, what belongs to God? I imagine I described it a little bit last week as, as that lad had that little lunch. And let me just tell you, he was hungry like everybody else was hungry. And, and I grew up with, with brothers, and so I understand this. Uh, Lord, Lord gave me all girls, so it is a little di bit different. But every little boy is always hungry. You just ate five minutes ago. Well, that was five minutes ago. I'm hungry now. They're, they're always hungry. I don't think this lad was different than any other little lad. He was hungry too. But if Jesus wants my lunch, he can have it. Maybe he had the mindset, I'd rather be hungry than keep my lunch. When Je I'd rather Jesus have my lunch, and I'd rather be hungry with him have what I have to give than me keep it and me have just a temporary uh, uh, satisfaction from these barley loaves. And friend, you and I need to be reminded that God wants the heart. God wants us to give what we have. He wants us to be unselfish with the things that he has given us. And it's amazing to me to think that this unknown lad who had very, very little, he was unselfish with what he possessed. Can you imagine what would happen amongst God's people and how it would affect this world if there was a revival of unselfishness in our churches? The answer to our nation's problems is not in a lost world. It's if Christians would be unselfish as the Bible instructs them to be unselfish. Can you imagine what would happen if everyone who claimed the name of Christ was in the house of God today? Can you imagine what would happen if everybody who named the name of Christ when that offering plate was passed, they put their tithe in today? 
Can you imagine what would happen if everyone who named the name of Christ said, I give what I have to Him? Well, I know what God can do with one little lad. He can feed the multitudes. And then number four, and this is where I want to conclude, we see the lad was unwilling to say no to Jesus. There's a, there's a progression here. The lad was unwilling to say no to Jesus. And let me just say, and I'll get right into the introduction, to keep his lunch would have been saying no. If he kept it, let's just be honest this morning. From a man's standard, he's a poor little boy. You can't judge him for that. I mean, if he gives his up, are you with me this morning? That somebody else may have, but he won't have. He's got to eat. His mama is going to ask him, did you eat all that lunch that I prepared for you? He, he, he's got to eat. His mom and his dad probably worked hard so he could have that lunch. There was probably some Pharisee there saying, well, you better keep that for yourself, son. You better provide for yourself. But for him to keep his loaves would have been to tell Jesus no. Let's make the application this morning. For you to keep your loaves is not just you keeping your loaves. You can justify it however you want to justify it. For you to keep your loaves is to tell Jesus no. For you to keep your time for yourself is to tell him no. For you to keep the treasure that he's given you when he wants you to offer it is to tell him no. For you to take the talents that God has bestowed upon you and the opportunities that he has bestowed upon you and for him to say, this is what I want. I want your life. I want you surrendered to say, I'll just keep my barley loaves. There's just ordinary barley loaves. It's just the lunch of a poor little boy. It's not a lot of time, God. It's not a lot of money, God. It's not a lot of talent, God. But to keep it would be to say no. Can you imagine how the story would read if he had said, no, I'm going to keep it? And how many Baptist preachers would have said, what a little punk. He's going to rot in hell for keeping that lunch. But yet he gave it. How many of us, how many of us keep the little lunch we have because we don't think it's going to matter? Let me conclude like this. I'm out of time. Is there a lad here? Is there a lad here? Is there someone here who has no idea how God is going to use them? Is there someone who is willing to be unknown? See, there, there's Christians today, and I hope nobody in here falls in this category, that are willing to be used by God as long as God makes sure everybody knows their name. They're more interested in a social media following, or pats on the back than they are God using their lunch. Is there someone here today, like a little lad, who's willing to let their generosity, their life, be used 
in a generation from now, nobody know their name. Is there someone here who is unassuming? You're not sure what God could do with your little gift. Maybe the unsung, you're willing to go uncelebrated for your contribution, uncelebrated for the, the gift that you have as far as your talent and your time. Is there a lad here today that you're willing to let your life be used so that a generation from now, there's some children who can, can sit in a little Sunday school classroom and hear for the very first time that Jesus loves them. And hear for the very first time that they can have forgiveness of their sins. And hear for the very first time that Jesus wants to take their life and they can have salvation and he wants to use them. Are we willing to be a little lad who just says, God, take my life Take what I have so that somebody else, they may never know my name. They may never reap the benefits of my gift. But you can use what I have given to affect a whole lot of people. I look at what we're trying to do as a church. And I just believe that there's going to be marriages healed in the future. Because of what God does on this property. I believe that there's going to be young men and young ladies who are training for the ministry that are going to go to some foreign country. And there are people who are going to be saved and they'll never know your name and they'll never know my name and they'll never know the amount that's dropped in the offering plate that'll send that missionary across the world. But there are individuals who will hear for the very first time the name of Jesus and they'll call on his name and we'll rub shoulders with them in glory one day because we'll spend an eternity with them. Are we willing to be like a lad and say, I don't have much, I've just got five barley loaves and two fishes. But if Jesus wants it, he can have it. There is a lad here. I wonder as we go to invitation this morning, I wonder if there's one in the crowd this morning, if you were to die today, you're uncertain of your eternity. You didn't know this. When you came to church today, you have the opportunity for a miracle to take place in your life. For you to call on the name of Jesus and put your faith and trust in what He did on Calvary. In that instant, through the shed blood of Christ, the work of the Spirit of God, your eternity goes from hell to heaven. Your record goes from your sinful record to the record of the Son of God. God wants to save you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got that settled. But through this campaign and maybe even before this, you struggle with how would God ever use me? I'm not what God's looking for. Why don't you let God decide if you're what he's looking for or not? You know what we need in our world? We just need some lads. You say, it's not much, God, but you can have it. 
I don't have a lot, but you can have it. Those are the ones who make a difference in the lives of other people. Are the ones who'll say, if God can use me, if God can take what I have, He can do a miracle. Let's fast forward a, a few weeks. How happy was that young lad going home? He came unknown, but he left a legend. My lunch. You, you got full on your lunch. I have a story to tell. And, and, and if he was a good Baptist boy, let's just say for argument, my lunch fed 45,000 people. Multitude is a relative term. Won't you offer? Offer what you got. I think as we as a church, and I know we have guests today, we as a church as we're trying to embark and do something great for the Lord. Pastor, we've got through those campaign fellowships, had the last one last night. That's a lot of money. Do we have time to do all that? Well, I remind you, that's phase one. How many phases? It takes two hands. Pastor, how are we? I just happen to think that I've got a big God who already knows what he's going to do. You know, I look around this crowd, and none of us are getting any younger. Pastor, what's going to happen in our nation? I think God is still in the business of raising up Lads, we made the mistake of looking for the ones that have all the talent, have all the answers, have all the problems solved. And God's just looking for an unknown, an uncelebrated, but a willing lad to say, use me, use what I have. And this morning, I'm very confident in my God that if he can take a poor boy's lunch and feed multitudes, he can take your life, he can take my life, he can take our resources, make a difference in a city, make a difference in a neighborhood, make a difference in a home. The question is not today, is God still able? The question is, is there a lad here who's willing to offer what they have to the Lord? Father, I pray that